Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to mini episode 257 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from January the 16th, 2023. And story number one comes from Victoria. I'm just on the Banshee episode and it makes me think of the morning my dad died. There are two strange things about this story. I dreamt the night before that my dad got shot in his chest and died instantly. And that morning I awoke to three knocks on the door. I was the first one awake in the house that morning. I left the house and got the phone call that my dad wasn't well and my uncle was coming to get me. My dad died of a heart attack and died instantly. I can't help but think that my dream was telling me he was going to die and that the three knocks on the door was someone telling me that death was coming. I know that banshees can attach to families and I'm curious to see if I get any other knocks when someone from my dad's family dies in the future. Not too near future though, hopefully. Oh, I just love a good banshee story. I mean, obviously, don't love the fact that your father passed away. That is incredibly sad, but I enjoy banshee stories very much. I wonder if there are more instances of banshee stories than we realise. So, obviously... Victoria got the three knocks, which is associated with the Banshee. If you go back to, I think it's episode three, I um, talk about my story. One of my best friends has a Banshee attached to her family and they get the three knocks when somebody's going to die. And I have witnessed her receiving the three knocks and we used to live together and she came into my room and she said, oh, I've just got the three knocks. I think somebody's in my family is going to die the next morning. A member of her family She got the call to say a member of her family had passed away and it blew my mind. And she has had instances where her brother, for example, heard the three knocks, but from inside the house, like crazy, crazy stuff. And I wonder how much people ignore this nowadays. Like stories of the Banshee and Banshee lore seem to be kind of relegated to a previous generation. And I understand that like folklore grows and it fades away as time goes on. But I wonder if people hear things or like knocks on the door or screams in the night and dismiss it as foxes or their imagination or somebody doing knickknack on their door. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And it's not that I'm saying that these stories all have to have some sort of paranormal spin to them. Obviously, some things are natural and explainable. And a lot of folklore came from people being unable to explain natural things. But I I am curious about it. And just to say, RTE, if you're listening, that is Radio Television in Ireland. If you are listening, please commission me to do a series where I investigate people with the cure. 
and uh, investigate old folklore like the Banshees and Fairy Lore. I think it would be a lovely series to release at Halloween. Thank you very much. Victoria, I am interested in whether this is going to be something that is in your dad's family. I know obviously there's a part of you that wants to know, but you don't want to know because you know that knowing comes with death. And it's a tricky one, isn't it? I wonder if it's worthwhile speaking to any members of your dad's family to find out if any of them heard a mysterious knocking or something along those lines around that same time. And story number two comes from Diana. I have a creepy ghost story that I want to share with you. About 15 years ago, my husband, five-year-old daughter and I were looking at houses. We were looking for a mid-century brick house typical of the suburbs of Atlanta. We wanted three bedrooms, maybe four if we could afford it, and at least two bathrooms. Most mid-century ranch homes have a hallway connecting the kitchen and living dining rooms to the bedroom and bathrooms in the back of the house. There is usually an unfinished basement or crawl space. Our real estate agent arranged a house tour while the owners were out, and we were excited to see the home. We parked in the driveway and entered the house through the kitchen. We are a chatty group and talked for a few minutes about our first impressions. Over the last few months, we looked at many houses and developed a system. We wouldn't waste our time if we didn't like the house in the first few minutes and would leave. Our first impression was that the house was bright and inviting, so we were inclined to see the rest. This is where the real story begins. We usually all go together to explore as a group. This time, my daughter and I just walked away. I don't remember saying anything to my husband or the real estate agent. I held my daughter's hand and she and I wandered down the hall. My daughter and I were talking and I could hear her five-year-old voice, but I had no idea what she was saying or what we were talking about. I felt heavy and slow, but I was determined to continue going as if I were drawn to continue. The hallway got dark and seemed to get longer as we walked. The first room was nice but a bit odd and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. We moved to the next room. I could hear voices but I couldn't make out the words. The sounds were different, dampened and far away. I started to feel bad. I was starting to feel sick and anxiety was washing over me. I felt unsettled, it was vague and I can't recall but it made me feel heavier and heavier and full of dread. I had to keep going. My daughter wanted to turn around and go find daddy. I told her just one more room and I don't know why I said that. The last bedroom in the back was frightening. In my head I saw images of meat hooks and somebody dead, bloody and hanging in the closet. His eyes were open and looking at me. These were flashes, I don't remember if the closet door was open. My daughter was more insistent on leaving the house. I heard her but didn't hear her at the same time. I wanted to keep going. I felt compelled. While I was feeling anxious, I was not scared. Usually I would have been. I should have been terrified. I was curious. I could feel my daughter pulling on my arm but I couldn't do anything but keep moving through the house. The next thing I remember was leaving the house. We found the realtor. She was visibly shaken and relieved to see us. She said she was worried about us because we had been in the house for so long. It felt like five minutes to me, but she said we were in there for 30 minutes. 
My husband was worried about us and came back to the house to look for us. When he saw us, he rushed over to us and asked us if we were okay. My daughter told me she and I went into the basement, but I don't remember ever going in there. Later, when she was older and we talked about the house, she mentioned that heavy feeling and remembered seeing the meat hooks. She never remembered stepping into the house or at which point we separated from her father and the realtor. My husband, who doesn't believe in the paranormal, swore the house was haunted and that someone must have died there. He said he saw the meat hooks too. The realtor said the house was creepy and she couldn't stand to stay inside for one minute. She never made it past the kitchen. All of us were visibly shaken. We did buy a house in the neighbourhood and passed this haunted house daily. In 15 years since we were inside, the house has been for sale or for rent most of the time. We always talk about that house. We all swear the house is haunted and can't believe that anyone could spend the night there. Hello Diana, I know that your daughter said write this story into real life ghost stories and she was right because what a terrible, terrifying story. Do you know what amazes me about this story is that obviously, you know, some, something happened there, right? There's a vibe, there's an energy, there's a past, whatever it is. But when you first walked in, you didn't sense it. So you felt like it was bright, inviting, and you were like, oh, yeah, let's have a look around. And I understand having that rule of like, if we don't like it in the first five minutes, there's no point in continuing to look around. Totally get that. I think you can like sense the energy of a place kind of almost immediately when you walk into it, whether you believe in the paranormal or not. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so what what went on there? All those meat hooks that you, your daughter and your husband all like saw in your mind's eye simultaneously in that house. What does that mean? Did something horrendous happen there in the past? Was the house trying to show you something? It feels like if this was a horror movie, this would have happened. But obviously the dad would have immediately bought the house and ignored all of the warnings. And then you find out a previous owner had butchered a load of people there and then you have to fight for your lives against some sort of demon. That's what would have happened if you'd bought that house. Like what was going on in your brain or in your psyche when you're, you were sort of being led around the house and not really fully in control of what was going on for you? Like, you know, you said you ended up in the basement and you don't know how you ended up there. Like, was the house trying to show you something? I would love to know if you looked into the history of the house or tried to look into the history of the house, which is often more difficult than than you kind of first think it's going to be to find out the history of a place. Like, have you asked the neighbours? I'm dying to know more about this. And good on your daughter for telling you to write in. If anybody's listening to this and you're like, oh, I've been thinking about writing in, but I don't know whether I should or not. This is your sign. Write into the podcast. I want to hear your story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? 
are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And strain number three comes from Anonymous. This event took place in a local sheltered housing facility. A block of flats used to house the elderly and infirm that, though they are able to live independently, still need help. Sadly, our relation, who was living there, passed away, and we had to clean out the flat to make way for the next tenant. At that time, I was not quite into my teens, if that has any relevance. Off we went to the flat and started to pack up all of our late relation's worldly possessions. I was tasked with packing up a pile of crockery by myself as the rest of the family busied themselves tackling the other rooms. So far, so mundane, but it did not start that way. After working away packing plate after plate, I thought someone walked into the room and stood behind me. Okay, I thought, and turned around to see who it was and what they wanted. But there was no one there, well, no one on my plane of existence anyway. The only way I can describe what occurred is being a series of sensations, as if I could feel the emotions and thoughts of the entity standing before me, yet I could not see it. No shadows or eerie phantom outlines of a person, I saw nothing, absolutely nothing. The first sensation was of someone backing away from me, as you would if you accidentally got into a person's personal space and backed off to give them room. While I was looking at the spot I thought this person was standing, I sensed the following. At first, a sense of puzzlement, like they were looking around and behind themselves, wondering what I was fixated on. This was quickly followed by feelings of realisation and panic in rapid succession. It was like they were looking and saying, What? What are you looking at? There's nothing that... Wait, I am here. Are you looking at me? No, you can't do that. At that point, who or whatever it was turned and rushed out the door in a state of panic. I followed seconds later, and on crossing the threshold, it was like flicking a switch. The sensations ended and never recurred. This begs the question, what was I interacting with? Was it my late relation returned to watch the last chapter in their life story as we cleared away their possessions or someone else? If it was them, then I feel guilty because I think I scared them off. What if I didn't stare like that and ignored the feeling would they have remained? Maybe they did return, but on a different frequency if you catch my drift, so I couldn't pick up on them. Who knows? I certainly don't, and I probably never will for sure. In closing, I should make it clear that at no point did this feel threatening in any way. Quite the opposite, in fact. It just felt like any normal person being in the room with me. That is what makes me think it was my late relation, but like I said, we may never know for sure. I do feel like I'm always saying the same things on the podcast, so I apologise if you're rolling your eyes being like, here she goes again. But I just don't think we understand the connection that we have with other human beings and how that connection frays or strengthens or changes or tells us when somebody that we love passes away. So Anonymous, what if you are right? What if it is your relative, they had 
sadly passed away and they were coming back to see you, to see your family members, to see what was happening with their possessions and then panicked when they realised that you could sense them. I don't think that's through any fault of yours. I'd imagine if you're coming back to keep an eye on your relatives, you're not imagining that they're going to suddenly be like, oh, I, I know you're here. And I wonder if they just felt really disconcerted thinking that you would never have felt them and then suddenly you did feel them and they were like, oh no, shit. And it is amazing that you could sort of feel those sensations of what that, say, well, let's just say entity, what that entity was doing and what that entity was feeling. And I think I think sometimes as humans we do have innate senses about things like you feel when somebody's watching you or you can feel when somebody comes into the room. So I wonder if in this instance it sort of translated into entities on another plane, as you said yourself. And story number four comes from April. Like most of your listeners, I have several stories I can tell. And it's taken a bit for me to choose which one to send first. I don't do vacations well, I never have. I blame my tourist nature for this one. Being away from home for too long makes me grouchy and unbearable to be around. I remember being a kid and going to fun places like amusement parks and music shows with my family and the entire time I would be a complete brat. It got better as I grew up. Being older and having my own money gave me a bit of freedom to do the things that I wanted to do. By the time my story happened, I also learned how to relax and have fun, if not for myself, then at least for my loved ones who are around me. My mom is big on Caribbean cruises. When I was in my mid-thirties, she convinced me to go on a cruise with her. My stepdad, my aunt and a close family friend also came. I tabled my own issues with the cruise industry and my own dislike of being away from home and focused on spending time with my family in a beautiful place. Cruise lines offer onshore excursions on different islands and we opted to go on a four-hour fan boat ride up a river. We sat on the back row of the boat next to the fans and it was so loud. Every so often the tour guide would stop at different spots in the river to talk about the plants and animals native to the area. My geeky self loved this. Lush tropical foliage and so many iguanas. Not just the little iguanas that people keep as pets, but full-grown, five-foot-long iguanas just hanging out on the riverbank. Fresh air and sunshine and smiles all around. It was an amazing boat ride. At the end of the route, the river opened up to a bay. The waters were crystal blue. The tour guide idled the boat and pointed to an area in the bay. A group of manatees were playing happily and it was my first time ever seeing a manatee. It felt so special. So much lore is associated with manatees and mermaids. The typical lore is that manatees are actually mermaids, but I believe manatees are mermaid companions, mermaid pets. I did the most logical thing a person could do and began singing to them. No one on the boat could hear me over the fans, but I knew in my heart the manatees heard me and appreciated my off-key singing. After the boat ride, my family and I walked around the island boardwalk. It was full of the usual touristy crap, so my aunt and I went ahead and boarded a pontoon boat to take us back to the cruise ship. The pontoon was for everyone who needed to get back to the cruise ship. It was the last run for the day. My aunt and I waited for 30 minutes or so for everyone else to load up. 
the heat and dehydration were wearing on me. This is the part of the story where I need to pause and let everyone know that I'm a six foot tall female and my doctor says I need to lose some weight. Now, but I do consider myself an animistic witch and believe the worlds are full of spirits and creatures or beings who live outside of our everyday perception. That belief is what opened me up to what happened next. As I said, my aunt and I were waiting on the pontoon for a while. I began to hear something like music and singing, but it really wasn't music or singing. I looked around for the source. The pontoon had tiny speakers in each corner, but there was no way tiny speakers could make the sounds that I heard and the pontoon was too far away from the shore for the sound to be coming from there. The sound was too big, it was the type of sound that you feel at a concert when standing next to giant speakers, the kind of sound that makes your bones shake. I looked around at the other passengers on the pontoon. No one else seemed to be hearing this all-consuming sound. Concealing my panic, I leaned over and asked my aunt if she heard any music, and she did not. My hands clenched the pontoon seat tightly, and I fought every urge to jump up to find the source of the sound. My first assumption, I was having a major auditory hallucination, brought on by dehydration and heat stroke. It is temporary. Once I get back to the cruise ship, I can hydrate and get some rest and I will be fine. That did little to comfort me nor curb the growing urge that I had to find the sound, even if it meant swimming to the bottom of the sea to find it. I say sound, or something like music and singing, but not really music or singing because I don't have the words to explain how beautiful it was. The best I can describe it is if you take all the sounds of the sea and the waves and the wind and all the sounds of people talking and laughing and all of the background noise and combined them into one voice and harmonised it to a slow, steady, all-consuming heartbeat. That is what I heard. I doubted my ability to hallucinate something so beautiful. I checked in with my gut to see if it could possibly be something otherworldly. I remembered how a few hours earlier I sang to the manatees from pure joy of seeing a manatee. Then I felt it. What I was hearing was a mermaid song. Terrifyingly beautiful. I understood why so many past sailors lost their minds and jumped into the ocean. It was all to be with the source of something so beautiful. Now I've had past experiences with the good people wanting to take me away. I didn't want to go with them and I didn't want to go with the mermaids either. I knew to set boundaries and to anchor myself to something in the physical world. I thanked the mermaids for letting me hear their beautiful song. My panic subsided and I relaxed enough to enjoy the beauty and then it was gone. I felt in my gut, since I honoured the manatees with a song, the mermaids in turn honoured me with a song. This is one of my most cherished paranormal experiences. I've only shared it with two people, not because of how wacky it sounds, but because mermaids don't sing to people as much as they used to. Overly sharing my experience with mermaids almost feels like a violation of their privacy. I've been debating which of my experiences to share with real-life ghost stories. The mermaid song was in my top three, but I was still a bit wary of sharing it. Until a few nights ago when I had a dream. This precious little black lab puppy was snuggled up in my lap. As I was petting this puppy, his fur shifted from black to iridescent blue and green. I exclaimed, mermaid dog, and I knew it was time to share my experience. 
April, I don't know what it is about your story, um, but it's made me really emotional. And I'm not entirely sure why. Just to say as a starting point, I completely understand the pure joy of seeing an animal that you've never seen before. If I saw a manatee, you best believe I'd be, I don't know, trying to like cuddle it or something. I just, I, I love a sea creature. And if your assertion is right, that the manatees are pets of mermaids, oh, the joy that brings me. I think in reality, the sea is a, it's a place that we just don't understand. To be honest, I think there's so much down there that we just don't get. And this isn't like some sort of ploy to get people to sign up to Patreon. But April, I don't know whether you're a Patreon subscriber or not. I've I've no idea. But I did a story on Patreon a little while ago because I was out in the west of Ireland and I was out on an island in the sea and they told a story that is kind of weirdly similar to yours. It's about this family who were all really talented musicians and one of them was out on a boat one time and out on the sea, really experienced uh, of being out on boats and the like a fog just dropped around him, everything went quiet and then he heard this beautiful singing and it is, he believed that it was um, the good people and that they were giving him this song and he went home and wrote down the notes as he remembered them and it's a, now a really famous Irish song. And the song is called, if, you, if you're if you not on Patreon and you want to look it up, it's called Partnapuki. So that's P-O-R-T-N-A-B-P-U-C-A-I. And if you look up the story behind that, it's actually a really interesting story. And it's quite magical and beautiful and otherworldly. What interests me about your story is the fact that you were the only one that was able to hear it. Like, whatever was making that sound clearly only wanted you to hear it. Well, I don't really know why that story's made me quite as emotional as it has oh, there's definitely something to unpack there let me tell you my therapist won't know what to do and I'm like well the story about manatees and mermaids and mermaid singing made me really emotional thank you so much for listening to today's stories thank you to Victoria Diana Anonymous and April for sending in your stories remember the last story came from January the 16th 2023 and if you would like to submit your story you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com if you would like to check out the website, you can do so at reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.